Welcome to the favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. We are counting down the days. It is Tuesday, August 31st. In nine days, the NFL season will kick off with the Thursday night game. We have two more divisions to cover here on the Favorites Podcast. We have been doing it all summer, counting down every single division, which team has improved, which team has not. Their Super Bowl odds, conference odds, division odds, totals with my BFF, my companion, my compadre, Simon Hunter, professional better. How are you, buddy? Chad, no days off, buddy. We're here. We don't miss any days. We're ready for football. We are so deep into football. Uh, I want it on the record that I won my first college football bet of the year. I had, uh, after listening to the Big Bets on Campus podcast with Colin and Stucky, they were so, they were, they, they both felt so strongly about Illinois, Nebraska under, uh, that I went for it, even though I knew I was getting the worst of the number. They liked it at under 57. It got bet down. They still liked it at 54. It was at 52 and a half. And uh, the podcast comes out on Thursday. I listen to it on Saturday morning. I walk the dog. It's my like fall podcast ritual. Saturday morning, walk the dog, listen to Big Bets on Campus. I get the 52 and a half. I'm feeling good about it the whole game. I uh, open up the Action Network app because I had to step away. I see that all of a sudden it's 30 to 16 with nine minutes left. And my percentage chance of covering has gone from 99 to about two. And uh, I turn on the game. Miraculously, Nebraska's terrible, missing extra points, all the stuff that doesn't work for them, that all the mistakes they make, it's going to cost Scott Frost a job. They have a fourth and God knows what. Adrian Martinez throws the ball. Uh, it's incomplete. Illinois is getting the ball back. There's 11 seconds left. It's 30 to 22 at this point. I know the game's over mentally, but emotionally, I'm not ready to let it go yet. My 14-year-old is sitting with me on the couch and says, all right, let's change the channel. Like we were watching NFL Top 100. I'm like, guy, we're not changing the channel. He goes, the game's over. I'm like, it's not fucking over. It's two really bad teams. Anything can go wrong in the last 11 seconds during a kneel down. Give me this. I give you so much in my life. Give me this 11 seconds. Illinois won. Covered, under, everything worked out okay. But it was a good way to get through training camp for NFL. Oh, that's the best. The half, a, half a point cover. I would say I had a, bad, a horrible beat last week. I had the Eagles money line, and the Jets had a Hail Mary to end their preseason game. They get the Hail Mary, then they run in the two-point conversion to get a push. I was so sick to my stomach, but... That's why I'm just so glad it's over, Chad. Now I can complain about the regular season. No excuses. You know what I mean? I can't take this preseason. Well, what's annoying is during the preseason and the regular season, it's not like in the preseason you're playing with fake money. <laughs> no. The funniest, too, is people are like, you bet on preseason? And it's like, don't be that guy. Honestly, it's like, yeah. yeah, of course I do. I'm a degenerate. And this is my job. I bet on preseason. I bet on everything. It's one of those things where it's like, look, you could be that guy. You can be that guy, and and one day it'll be good enough to get you a job as the brand ambassador <laughs> at a major sports book. It's true, and it's also one of those things where it's like if you haven't been betting the Ravens, you have wasted three years of your life as a gambler because it is seriously. I mean, Chad, I don't know if you have numbers in front of you. It's like 
I think they're 18, two and one on yeah. covering in the last like four years. So just a pure moneymaker. Every, every bet I make, I either throw their money line in there or whatever. We're not worthy. I should say that right now. We are not worthy. Thank God for the, the Baltimore Ravens and all the money they've given me. Uh, today we are doing the NFC West, which to me is far and away the best division in the NFL. The Niners, the Rams, the Seahawks at FanDuel, their season win totals are all over 10. Uh, Arizona is over eight and a half. Um, the Niners and the Rams uh, are both amongst the top five, 10 teams in Super Bowl odds. Seattle just outside that. Um, we're going to get to all that. We're going to break it down. Super Bowl conference division totals. Before we do that, we've had so much news already on a Tuesday morning. Number one, suddenly Trey Lance's Super uh, MVP odds are shrinking. Everyone is piling in. You've been all over this for like three months. What did you get it at? Why is this happening? And that's that's always a tough part too about these sports books that limited you. So I got him at three hundred one, but they only let me get down two hundred dollars. So it's like I tried betting a grand, but it was in March. The sports books were like, okay, we're not taking this kind of liability. So I got him at three hundred one. I got him at two hundred one. I think we gave him out here at one fifty or one twenty to one. Um, again. I try to explain to people, I don't think Trey Lance is really going to win MVP, but it's a value-based bet where it's like this kid in a Shanahan's offense, if he can put together a year like RG3 did his rookie year, you're going to get a good hedge opportunity at the end of the season. And obviously it didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. I thought by now they would have trade Jimmy. Um, it is funny the way they talk about it, where they're saying they're going to do a Q, two QB system right now. But I just feel like that's just not to hurt Jimmy's feelings. Maybe Jimmy will start this year. But, man, I just don't know what the point is where it's like think of the capital they traded to get up to get that third pick. And we know what we have in Jimmy. We have a guy who is good, but he can't stay on the field. And he misses those deep throws. And we saw it in preseason. Jimmy had a really bad miss on a deep throw. I think the next series, Trey Lance came in and he hit a guy perfectly on a deep throw. And that's what I feel like he's looking for. He's looking for a guy that can control this offense and take big plays. So, I, I still like the value on Trey Lance, but I would tell people you've kind of missed the best of the number. Like you just said, it's I'm not sure if it's the biggest liability, but it probably is now to all these different sports books because the fantasy community has become obsessed with Trey Lance. So you have gamblers that love this guy. Now you have the fantasy people that love this guy. So everyone's just been betting this number down. So for me, I would stay away from this number at this point because you've kind of missed the value. All right. Meanwhile, Mac Jones is now going to be the quarterback in New England. Cam Jones, uh, Cam Newton is cut. Here's what I love. Here's what I love. I'm not going to name names, but a couple of days ago, uh, I got an alert from a relatively large sports media company with a story from their New England-based writer saying, retired offensive line coach Skarnakia loves what he's seeing out of Cam Newton and Mac Jones. And I saw that and thought, what the fuck is this? Like, what what could he possibly be seeing out of Cam Newton who's missing practice and looking like crap in games that would make him think he's in love with Cam Newton? And it turns out nobody's in love with Cam Newton. And so now what I loved was I just saw a tweet on my, you know, Chicago Bears centric Twitter feed that basically said Bill Belichick has a training camp battle, decides to cut the guy and change up his plans when the guy wasn't playing very well and he sees a guy with potential, Matt Nagy adamantly refuses to change his mind, even when Justin Fields is outplaying 
Andy Dalton. And by the way, we'll, we'll get to Justin Fields next. First, let's talk about Mac Jones and this move. Yeah, big deal uh, for a lot of different reasons. If you were a believer in Damian Harris and you bet him at 66 to one to lead the NFL in touchdowns, you have an incredible value because they've gotten rid of Sonny Michelle. They've gotten rid of Cam. It seems like Damian Harris is going to be that running back. And that's crazy good value if you got that number before all these different moves happened. I unfortunately didn't. I think I got him at 40 to one to get the touchdowns. It was after they traded Sony. But it, it's definitely one of those where as someone that has bet against uh, the Patriots and I had them finishing third in this division, I'm ecstatic. I think that everyone feels good. Of course, it's, you know, you're excited. It's a rookie quarterback. Mac Jones looked good in the preseason. The fan base is really excited. And I, I, I'm not here to be that guy to be like, okay, this kid's going to fucking suck. He's going to fucking suck, Chad. I mean, we, we've seen it time and time again. He's the fifth rookie drafted in this class. Again, nothing against him. We saw Lamar. His, he was the fifth rookie drafted in his class. He had a lot of bumps and bruises his first year. He had a lot of ups and downs. He was really turnover prone, wouldn't make smart decisions, little things like that. And when I look at Mac, I think that Bill looked at it and said, okay, he's going to make the same amount of mistakes as Cam will. Again, I didn't even mention it. It's crazy to me. They paid Cam $3.5 million not to play for them. The, the, literally, it's guaranteed money. They cut him with guaranteed money, which I think that speaks volumes to what you're talking about with. I don't know if that has to do with the vaccine stuff, but I think Belichick was just like, this guy's not committed. I don't even want to deal with this shit this year. Like, this isn't a top five quarterback. This guy is the bottom of the barrel. So, for me, fading the Patriots, I get why they're excited. But these fans, I don't think they've ever even had a rookie quarterback start in their lifetime. Like, I think Brady started one game his rookie year because they had Bledsoe, and it's I get it. You're feeling good. It's exciting right now. But for me, this is just a great opportunity that this guy is going to take a lot of lumps this year. And he's in a very tough division that I will be fading Mac Jones. Even week one, I got the Miami plus three. It's down to plus two and a half now. It's it's definitely one of these lines that's going to be moving because it's a rookie's first start. You kind of want to go against these guys in their first start just because, again, it's so many jitters. Everyone's human here. We all get that. I think their win total was nine, nine and a half. I'm still on that under with Mac starting. How did you know that Damian Harris to lead the league in touchdowns was at 66 to one? You had that like I I I didn't tell you before the show, hey, I'm going to want to talk about this. So why did you have that recall? I'm a, I'm a full on degenerate. I cannot explain to you how much I gamble. But yeah, I, I hit it a bunch of times. It's one of those numbers where, again, we talk all the time. We're just playing. This is a value based job. That's all we're doing is playing value based. Do I think Damian Harris is actually going to lead the league in touchdowns? No, but I see there's a void now and there's a huge opening that Cam Newton had, I think, eight red zone touchdowns rushing last year. If you shift that to Damian Harris and he had 10 last year, that's 18 rushing touchdowns. Again, that'll lead the league. So it's just one of those simple things where I'm just, you know, playing the long shot odds. Is it still 661 on FanDuel? No, no, you had it. You said it was at 40 to one now. Yeah, it dropped know. down. Yeah. So, but my point is, you knew that at one point it was at 66 to one, which means you must have looked at it at one point. And at the time, you probably thought, okay, Cam's going to be there. And maybe, you know, you, you got it as soon as it dropped. But, it was actually because of Dobbins. Dobbins got hurt, um, and I had a little, a little decent amount of money invested in Dobbins. I, I had high hopes for him. Um, I also saw some ridiculous – I don't know if it was a tweet or a podcast I might have heard, but it was someone saying they don't think the Ravens are a Super Bowl contender anymore because they lost Dobbins. What are we doing here, Chad? It's 2021. I mean, I'm trying to, I was trying to rack my brain of what top five running back has won a Super Bowl in the last 20 years. Marshawn Lynch won with the Seahawks. They won that game like 43 to seven. It was their defense. It wasn't because of Marshawn Lynch. So again, right. I think people overrate the value of the position at running back. I love Dobbins. I thought he had unreal talent. 
that that shouldn't persuade you to stay away from the Ravens. That's just another guy's going to step in like Gus Edwards and they're going to be all right. So it's one of those don't overrate the running back people. Well, it's amazing to me that you were thinking about Damian Harris and it also goes to, to, to show sort of how you as a professional better separate and distinguish yourself from everybody else because, and this is how you win. This is how you get the edge. This is why it's so hard for people to get the edge, to win, if it's not what they do every day. Like, this is why you need help. Because you get up in the morning and you're thinking four or five levels deep, where's the value going to be? How is this team going to use this player? What is going to be the impact of this player being on this team now? All those things. And so you're looking at every single market that's available and thinking, where is the value? I am not getting up every day and doing that. I'm getting up every day and thinking, our team is growing how am I going to manage this team and get us to our goals for the year? Yeah. I can't win against someone like you. And if you like doing this stuff, the action app, it gives you the best lines. So you don't need to go through all these different sports books. You literally can open up the app and I'll tell you what book has the best line for that number. So again, I know I'm, I'm promoting our app all the time, but I love it. That's saving me half an hour of work hopping on there. I don't need to go through all 19 sports books in New Jersey. I can hop onto the action app. I can find the best number for the best value. So again, Chad, love it. Dude, I love the way you pimp. You are a fucking pro. Uh, the last one we got to talk about. I do want to say Justin Fields washed in the other night against the Titans. First offensive player to score a touchdown against the Titans in the preseason. Clearly, that means everything. Um, but that tight though, end, man. Woo. Well, listen, I, I thought like he made some throws, really good throws in tough spots. And he threw that touchdown pass on the sideline on the right side of the end zone yep. into a window that's not a pass you make unless you are comfortable putting yourself out there at the NFL level as a quarterback. That was not a, okay, this guy is wide open. And he did this a couple of times in the game. Either he threw a guy open or he threw to a spot and was like, I know my arm is strong enough to get it there. It's either going to be a catch or it's going to be like a pass defense or it's going to be out of bounds. Like I, I got, I got this. And that was pretty outstanding. Yeah, everything he showed us is why I had him rated the number two quarterback coming out of the draft. He is incredible on his move. He's smart. And when he gets outside the pocket, like we saw that, he put that ball where only his receiver could catch it. And if he doesn't catch it, it's just going to go out of bounds. And that like that for a rookie quarterback, oh, man. I mean, again, the Bears have to be feeling so good. I get why you're upset with the whole naggy thing. Um, like we had, we, I heard, Dar- uh, I think Darius Butler, maybe talked about it on our show, or maybe tweeted about it, but if you lose the players in the locker room because you're trying to say, okay, Andy Dalton's the starter and everyone in the locker room believes he's not that, that is a little terrifying as a, a guy that's betting on the bears this upcoming season, because he could lose this locker room pretty quick. If he lets Andy Dalton keep going out there. But again, I'm cool with him. Andy Dalton starting the first game. It's a Sunday night primetime game against arguably one of the best defenses in football. I, I don't get why he's doing it. Maybe he has a, just an agreement with Andy Dalton. That's why he signed there was like, Hey, no matter what you're playing the first game, we all have eyes. We all know Nagy's watched the games too. Andy Dalton has not done a single thing to earn that starting job. If anything, what you just said, like Bill Belichick cutting Cam Newton. I, I don't get why Nagy hasn't cut him. It, it's very interesting. Everything going on with that. So for me, it's a little worrying. Uh, it's worrying me, but also we talk about as a gambler, Chad, this is a great time to get value on Justin Fields. If you want him to bet rookie of the year, you wait after week one, his odds will go up because all the other guys played, he didn't play, and you're going to be able to get good value on Justin Fields. So if you like him to win rookie of the year, just wait after week one. As I've said before, Justin Fields will be the most consequential 
draft pick for the Chicago Bears in my 50 years of life, including six Hall of Famers, because it means we will have a bobblehead that is not the quarterback who was great for the Bears in the 1940s named Sid Luckman. Literally, the guy's wearing number 42 and he's a quarterback. The guy's wearing number 42. He's not wearing a helmet, not because they want to have (laughs) the bobblehead show his face, because they just didn't wear helmets then. That's why. That's the bobblehead that I'm showing the world right now, if you're listening to this, only through your ears. All right. NFC West. Right off the top, you and I are diametrically opposed at the top of this division. I have said from the beginning, this is the definitive lean on coaches. Do you believe in Kyle Shanahan? Do you believe in Sean McVay? I think what Shanahan did last year with the roster he had, having them be as competitive as they were, every week having to remake the the team, the strategy, the dynamic, I think he fucking loved it. I think he, like most coaches, would crumble. Are you kidding me? He was like, I get to reinvent this every week and I'm going to prove to everybody how good I am. Getting a full team back, being healthy, having whatever kind of quarterback monster he's going to create, doesn't matter. I'm on this team. 14 to one to win the Super Bowl, six to one to win the conference, plus 180 to win the division, over 10 and a half. Uh, you're not against the Niners, but the wise guy community has been whispering in your ear about the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, and it's not even that I'm against it. It's more that they they're at this point, they're a little overvalued. The the public has bet them up at this point. They bet their Super Bowl odds down. I'm Again, I told you the reason I like Detroit week one is I hate that they have two quarterbacks. Like I hate the quarterback controversy right now because that just can't be good. We've never seen it work. We've never seen two quarterback system work in the NFL. And if I'm just looking at this and I'm trying to be non-biased, this team had six wins, I believe, last year. And now they're been they're saying they're gonna have over 10 and a half. And I get it. They lost Jimmy G. They had a bunch of injuries last year. They're assuming they're gonna be more healthy this year. But at the same time, they had a lot of games they won last year. They kind of, you know, they, they were playing the Cowboys. They played a lot of the, they played the NFC East last year. They, I mean, you probably remember that game. The Eagles were an eight point underdog to Nick Mullins, and they beat them on Monday night, I believe. So, it, I think the public naturally likes to hype up the 49ers because they just see them as one of these teams, and that's my job. Take a step back and go. Okay, I have more confidence in Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson running this thing back. I think they fell apart last year, and I have more confidence in them. You know. Again, I know they won the division last year, but it was kind of fluky. The Rams had a bunch of injuries. We already talked about 49ers had a bunch of injuries. And Arizona just sucks with Kingberry. So for me, when I look at this with the 49ers, you have to ask yourself, is that really worth it 14-1 to 1, to be betting them to win the Super Bowl when you just talk about they're in the hardest division of football? It's, it's rare we see the team in the hardest division of football win the Super Bowl because usually they've just beaten the shit out of each other the entire season. They kind of get burned out by the playoffs. So when I'm looking at this division and I'm just going pure value-based, that's why I like the Rams. I think that most people that are talking about the professionals, it's you're getting a good number. You're getting a team that, you know, again, we can talk about all we want. We have no idea with Stafford. We do have a knock on him just because he played in Detroit for so long, and all we've seen him do is lose. Again, we don't know if that's coaching or if that's on Matt Stafford. But for me, at that price and that value, I'm willing to gamble on it. I like the Rams. I like the Seahawks. If I bet both of them, I'm still getting a good plus money on my number, betting them to win that division. So, I'm just staying away from the 49ers. They seem like they're a year away. They need to figure out this QB situation, and then next year, that'll be their year. One thing I want to point out, this was interesting to me. You mentioned Jimmy G. The Niners are two years removed from the Super Bowl. 
That's how quickly things change in the NFL. Jimmy G is two years removed from the Super Bowl. He goes through last year, plays great, doesn't get injured. We're not even having this conversation about nope. Trey Lance, right? Isn't that amazing? I and, believe he's and, 28 and nine, Kyle Shanahan, with uh, Jimmy G. It's, it's unbelievable sort of how fickle this league is and how challenging it is to stay so healthy for so long and to be on top. So I mentioned that my kid and I were watching that NFL top 100 show, right? Yeah. And it was on, on uh, NFL Network. And they pointed out that uh, this year, Travis Kelsey was five and Patrick Mahomes was one. And it's one of the fourth or fifth times in the 10 years they've been doing the show or whatever um, that uh, teammates were in the top five. And two of the other times were uh, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley and Aaron Donald. Hmm. Within two years of those couples being in the top five uh, of top 100, they were all separated. Bell and Brown weren't even on the Steelers anymore within two years of being in the top five. Todd Gurley and Aaron Donald. Gurley was like, by the, honestly, before the season in which he was a top five player ended, he was no longer a top five player because by the playoffs of that year, he was out. Like right. he, couldn't, he couldn't move anymore. I mean, that's what's so amazing <laughs> about this league. Like it, not just year to year, month to month, your fortune can change. And I'm, that's what I'm trying to beat into people is like, you're feeling really good about your quarterback right now. Okay. The Eagles went to the Super Bowl with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is on a different team. Jared Goff went to the Super Bowl with the Rams. Jared Goff's on a different team. Jimmy G went to the Super Bowl, like you said, two years ago. He's about to be a backup. It's one of these things where even when you think you have a quarterback, you don't. It's like, I, I, as a fan of the sport, it's brutal because it's just like, I hate being that Debbie Downer, but that's my job. It's just one of these things where I just know a lot of these guys are going to fail and even when they succeed, like, I'll never forget, I was really down on Mark Sanchez. I just did not think he was going to be a good NFL pro. I looked like a jackass for about three years, Chad. This guy literally kept going to the AFC title game. I was like, okay, I misread that one. And then two years, he was out of the league. So it's one of these things where it's like, you just got to trust your guns and trust what you're watching on film because, again, I love Patrick Mahomes. Would Patrick Mahomes be the same quarterback if he didn't have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid? No. Okay, you fell into literally the perfect situation with the perfect coach, with the perfect player. So it's just one of those where a lot more goes into this and then just straight having talent. So that's what I'm trying to keep people informed on, where it's like, I got nothing against Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones could be a great quarterback. But this year, I know Mac Jones is going to suck. And that's just the way it is in the NFL. It's that hard to be good in this league. So for me, that's what I'm trying to get into people is like, you can be happy and excited, but you need to kind of take your bias out of what you're doing here. Because again, it's the hardest league to win in. We just seen it time and time again, the turnover rate, everything. Every team is always looking for that next edge. So for me, I know we, we, we're going to talk at nauseum about this division all year. I, I cannot tell people to take the Seahawks at that value. I think they're plus 275 to win this division, Chad. They had no fans last year. And I think their only loss might have been to the Giants or something weird like that at home. Like they, they literally were incredible at home, even with no fans. It can only be better this year. They're going to have fans. They're, they're just one of these teams where I think the Seahawks are being slept on because they don't have any new toys. They don't have the new quarterback. They don't have the 49ers. Like the 49ers are just getting hyped up so hard right now. It kind of feels like the Seahawks are that team that's just being left for dead. I, I do want to get to the Seahawks because, um, but, but one of the thing I want to remind people, I said off the top, we were going to talk about the rookie quarterbacks. We talked about Lance. We talked about Mac Jones and Cam Newton getting cut and Justin Fields. I forgot to get to, the Saints 
having to leave New Orleans because of Hurricane Ida for the first month of the year. They had the Packers on September 12th at the Superdome. Give me your take on what happens with that game. I mean, we know what happens. They're going to play somewhere else. But what happens with the Saints? How do you evaluate this uh, as a fan and as a better? I could not wait to bet on the Saints for this game. I think they had gotten up to plus four at this point before they had moved locations. This was the classic, you know, everyone's going to be really down on the Saints, and there's going to be them week one at home in the Superdome. Those fans were going to be going wild. That was just going to be like a really fun bet to make where I think I told you I got the Green Bay plus three and Adam in a teaser where those bets got voided now just because they changed location. The Saints are going to be on the move. They're going to be, you know, they're not going to be sleeping in their own bed. They're going to be at a hotel. It's pretty much a road game for them. And the Green Bay, just across the board talent-wise, is superior in every pretty much position. So for me, I hate being chalky week one, but that's that's definitely one of the chalk lines I'll be on. I'm going to be on Green Bay at minus four week one just because it just feels like there's too much going against the Saints right now to really back them. How do you think it impacts betting on the Saints for the rest of the month? If I'm not incorrect, I think that's their only home game the first month of the year. That's pretty big. That's, that's really good for them. It's so hard to say. It's like, do you believe in Winston or you don't? I clearly don't believe in Winston for the simple fact he's the only quarterback in NFL history to have a 30-30 season. People believe Sean Payne can coach that out of him. And I know he's got glasses now or he got his eyes fixed. I can't do it. I, 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 Winston's one of these guys where I just cannot do it, where I've seen him have a good game or two, and then he'll just have three really bad games in a row. So I think people that if you're high on the Saints, this kind of has to kill that whole vibe where it's like, okay, this team is being displaced. They, you know, I'm not going to say they're, they're, uh, they're, they just don't have that same feeling that we had where Katrina happened. And you remember that first Monday night game? I think it was the following year. Yeah, they had that that block punt, and it was everything. Just set the tone for that season. They end up winning the Super Bowl. No one has that vibe with the Saints team. Everyone just sees the Saints team as kind of a rebuild mode. So for me, it's just one of those things where it's another negative to add to a list for the Saints team. I'm just very down on them at this point. The Saints are on the road after that that Green Bay game. They are on the road for the next two weeks in September. Uh, they're at New England uh, for Week Three, and then I think the week before that, it might be at. Uh, where is it at Carolina? Right. And then they're back home against the giants in week four. So it might not be that big of an impact on the lines. It's just that first game that you got to think about. And now a word from our sponsor. FanDuel Sportsbook is hooking new users up with enhanced 30 to one odds for the first big college football game of the season. That's right. Pick either Georgia or Clemson to win, and you could turn a $5 bet into $150. Personally, after talking to our new college football insider, Brett McMurphy, I'm leaning towards Georgia. So sign up and make your first deposit to kick off the college football season on America's number one sports book. There's no better place to bet college football than FanDuel Sportsbook because of their great promotions, their easy-to-use app, and their fast payouts so make the most out of college football this week with enhanced 30 to 1 odds on georgia versus clemson download the fanduel sportsbook app and sign up using promo code favorites so they know we sent you you must be 21 or over and present in colorado indiana new jersey virginia or west virginia new users only must wager in designated offer market ten dollars first deposit required 150 dollars max bonus see full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com 
gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, New Jersey, or Virginia, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Let's get back to the show. Uh, you were talking about Seattle. Apologize for the for the break in the flow there. Because <laughs> you had mentioned San Francisco is at 14 to 1. LA is at 15 to 1. You had said you think this is a bounce back year for Seattle, that a lot of things went wrong last year. There was a lot of turmoil on this team, a lot of controversy on this team. Let Russ cook. Don't let Russ cook. The defense was terrible. Terrible. The defense got better. Um, they're, you know, they're back together. Seattle at a 20 to one with a team in San Francisco that might have something that they have to figure out a quarterback, a team in LA that has, as I like to say, Matthew Stafford. So Seattle at 20 to one plus 275, 10 to one in the conference. Break it down for me. I know you did the division break down the rest of it. Yeah, I like the 21 price. I think they're at 1.22 or 25 to one, which is a really good price too. It's, it's one of these things where I try to fade people of what they last saw. So we saw the Seahawks look absolutely terrible against the Rams in the playoffs last year at home. I mean, that was embarrassing. They lost to a backup quarterback and one-handed Jared Goff at home. If they played that game 100 times, I can't see it keep going the way it did. So they got rid of the offensive coordinator. They brought in a new OC. Basically, their offense was they would run it or throw a deep ball to DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. It was just a really boring and simple offense that – even Russell Wilson was complaining about it. He did not like the style they had switched to. So for me, I think that Russell Wilson has – he's at that age. I don't know if he's 33 or 34, but he's at like the perfect age where it's like, okay, this guy has been in the league now for 10 years. He was a fifth-year senior. I think he played at Wisconsin for his fifth year. Yep. He, he is literally in the prime right now, okay? He's not going to get – that much better in the future because we know that Russ depends on his legs to get out of the pocket and move around and make big plays. So for me, this kind of feels like it. This feels like the last really great run with them. And they got Adams back. I know they – I don't know if they re, they, they paid that offensive lineman, but they have to because they're one of the worst parts of this team is their O-line and their cornerbacks. So those are two major red flags for me. But, again, that offense – I mean, Russell Wilson, I, I, I talked – I think it was – 30 to one on FanDuel for him to lead the league in passing. It's just one of these teams where it's like, man, people are just so down on Russ just because he had one bad playoff game where they forget that. I think they were 13 and three last year, 12 and four. It's just a team that didn't lose anything. If anything, they've gotten better switching offensive coordinator. So I just love the value that everyone's down on the Seahawks and I can get them at a good discounted price. Do you still like Russell Wilson 30 to one at, uh, to lead the league in passing? I still like it, but it's interesting how much his numbers come down. So I made, I have a couple weird bets. I, I think we did, we talked about Ryan Tannen. I mean, uh, Ryan, Matt Ryan. Uh, Matt Ryan, right. And I also did a pretty big bet on Derek Carr, which is kind of out there. Um, be on the look, I'm going to do a futures article with Tommy. We're going to talk about like some future bets I did. Tommy Stokey, um, our, uh, one of our news editors. Yep. Yep. Uh, we were going to do it today, but all this shit went down with Mac. I was just like, dude, don't worry about me. Like, I know, I know he's got a lot of shit going on. So, it's one of these things where I'm, I'm looking for guys that have great arm talent with bad defenses. And I see that with the Seahawks. The Seahawks, I know Adams is unbelievable. But again, their cornerbacks are terrible at the Seahawks. Like People forget that game with the Cowboys last year. I mean, Dak Prescott threw for about 500 yards. And the next week, Cam Newton went up there and threw for 500 yards. So it's one of these things where, man, I don't know if they made enough improvements on that defense. Have to back Russ, where everyone's down on Russ and everyone's down on Russ. 
this feels like the kind of year where he really takes it to another level. So again, people, you can do, you can do your own research on it, but I, I look at this team and I think to myself, okay, they probably should be plus 150 to win this division, not plus 270. So I'm getting a crazy amount of value on this team. What do you think of their win total at 10 right now? Love it. it it's a little scary because it feels like a trap where it's like, I think they've only gone below that once in Russell's entire career. So it's definitely an interesting line they're laying up there. But at worst, I see it being a push. I had a great out at 10.3. So for me, that's that's a really fair number. They're hanging there at 10. You're making me think. You're making me think hard about plus 275 and over 10. I'm going to probably have to uh, I'll probably have to make an investment, as they like to say. Yeah, it feels like Pittsburgh last year where Pittsburgh, everyone was just down on them. They're like, oh, Ben's old. They're kind of the old toy. Let's bet the Ravens. Let's bet the Browns, the new, sh- the new fun kind of like shiny objects where I get the same vibe here. Everyone's kind of left the Seahawks left for dead where it's like this team won and dominated this division last year. I don't know why people are so down on them. Um, I feel like also. Oh, Russell Wilson, by the way, is 32 years old. Yeah, that sounds right. He'll be 33 in November. Uh, you mentioned Detroit uh, in week one. We've also talked about the Texans in week one. I feel like I'm looking at week one right now, and we're going to have like the all gross starting five. If I had to predict, <laughs> if I had to predict where we're going to land in week one right now, I see uh, San Francisco, I see Detroit plus seven and a half. Love we're it. totally, totally betting that. I think we'll bet Kansas City minus six and a half against, against Cleveland. No, really? we won't. We won't bet that. Well, it's an interesting one where it's, they have a whole new offensive line, but of course the Browns historically are awful on the first day of the year. So that's definitely an interesting line. Uh, I see. Uh, and then I've got, um, hold on. Where was it? I know we have uh, Houston somewhere. Where the hell well, is Houston? I, I probably won't make you do Houston because I'm already making you do Detroit, but you're, you're going to see Chad this. I can't remember a time in my life I've had more home dogs week one of the opening to start the year. I think it's simply because people forget that fans make that big of a difference in home openers. So for Why me, would I, by the way, I'm not afraid to make disgusting decisions. I do it all the time. I fucking hire Matt Mitchell. Like <laughs> I'm not afraid of disgusting decisions. Chad Millman is proud of himself. So if we're going to like, I'm saying if, if we're locking in, Two weeks out, if we're locking in the two teams that we think will be the worst in the NFL, I'm okay with that. I'm totally comfortable with that. In fact, you might end up doing it, but like again, I'm gonna make. I got. I'm. I'm. Not that I'm nervous, but it's one of these things where it's the first week of the year, and it's like, you know, if this was week six, we'd be all in on the Giants. The Giants, I think, are two and a half point underdogs at home. Again, it's just there's all these different teams that are home underdogs where it's like, man, the public is either gonna get slaughtered week one or they're gonna have a field day because it's just like. It's insane how much the public is betting on these road favorites. I've never seen it before in my life of betting uh, NFL, where it's week one. I, I'm not even joking. I think there's six home dogs in week one, which is like, again, to me, that's historic. That's very rare. You see that many home dogs. So we're going to have a great week one, Chad. I can promise you that. Well, listen, all I'm saying right now is I might want to go into a money line parlay on the Texans and the Lions. Oh, that we're definitely going to have a couple of those going. Well, we'll have a round robin parlay yeah. on the Texans, the 100%. Lions, the Giants, you name it, the the Dolphins, whoever it's going to be. <laughs> like we're doing it. Yeah. Um, all right. The the last and and Matt Mitchell is not uh, engaging right now. I hope he's listening. But nobody has done better 
takedowns of Cliff Kingsbury than Matt Mitchell. And this is a team that is currently 48 to one to win the Super Bowl, 22 to one to win the conference, six and a half to one to win the division, eight and a half uh, games is their season win total. <sighs> what do we do with this team? Fade. We just got to fade him. I love Kyler Murray. I think he's an incredible player, but I hate all the moves they made. I didn't like the J.J. Watt signing. I feel like he's past his prime. I didn't like the A.J. Green signing. That's another guy that's way past his prime. And I look at this team where, again, it's it's not that I'm so down on Kingsbury. It's just the simple fact that we have the history. We have the numbers that this guy falls apart every year in the second half of the season. So, like last year, they can start out great. I remember last year, they week one, they beat um, the San Francisco 49ers. And that was with Jimmy G. So, everyone was going crazy. They're like, oh, my God, this Cardinals team is going to be the next real deal. And they had a bunch of good wins. Like uh, they had that huge Hail Mary against the Bills. But we saw what happened. The, 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 these teams kind of figured them out and they kind of fell apart there at the end of the year. So, again, it's nothing against Kyler Murray. It's a, it's a bet against Kingsbury where I think his offense has been figured out by all these DCs. And I just do not – I, I cannot see them getting over eight and a half wins in this division. This is uh, one of the bigger under bets I've made this season. Yeah, that's a – it's a – he is so bad. Yeah. And feels like so out of his depth as soon as you get four or five games in. Matt Mitchell, are you listening? Oh, yeah. Do you want to weigh in here? Because you have more Cliff Kingsbury hate than is possible. And you've got great stats from his history with Patrick Mahomes. Hey, thanks, Chad. Before I begin my rant on Cliff, I'm going to bring in the Little River Band uh, because they wrote a song about Cliff the year he was born in 1979. I'm always ready to talk about Cliff Kingsbury, a man who I've hated since long before I even had children, which feels like 40 years ago, <laughs> because he's been losing gambler's money for as long as he's been in charge of football teams. Here is his record at the end of every season since he took over Texas Tech in 2014. In 2014, he lost four of his last five games. The next year, he lost four of his last six, and in 2016, he lost six of his last eight. Wow, that's a lot of losing, you might ask yourself. What kind of dog shit quarterback did he have? Oh, he had Patrick fucking Mahomes as his quarterback for those three years. Oh, so what, what happens after that? Well, in 2017, he lost six of his last eight. In 2018, he lost all five of his final five. In 2019, he lost seven of nine. And last year, he lost six of nine. And one of those three wins was a fucking Hail Mary. So I'm not sure how this guy failed up into an NFL job, but he's, his offense now is basically the, you know, the Macarena. It was quite the rage a long time ago. People have since moved on and figured it out. And that's been demonstrated over and over and over and over again. And yet people still believe that he is a, an offensive genius because he's very handsome and he seems like a swell guy. But it's weird that there seems to be very few topics that unite gamblers all over the world and hating Cliff Kingsbury is one of those. Anyway, thank you. I will now end my rant. But if you watch coach, you'll see it all. I want people to understand we might back him to start the year, but we're going to be fading him the second half of the season no matter what. So it, it's definitely one of those things to keep your eye on. I did the math. I looked it up uh, while Matt Mitchell was ranting. 
These are the home dogs week one. Indianapolis, Washington, Houston, Cincinnati, Detroit, Giants, Red Eyes. And I don't know if you can see in the app, their home dogs are getting no money bet on that. Mm-mm. Like this is, I'm telling you people, this is what me and Chad dream about. We love these kind of opportunities. So you're going to get the best of the number by far because the sports books are going to just keep moving the number until the pros come in on the other side. So again, it's one of these things. If you're riding with me and Chad, keep waiting. We're going to get better numbers as we get closer to the first week of the season. The only question is going to be, and the beauty of us doing the podcast twice a week now, we'll know on Tuesday should we be pulling the trigger? Do we have 24 hours to pull the trigger? Thursday, we can let people know if we have pulled the trigger, what we're leaning to for our weekend five. I will then debate Colin on the podcast. We are recording the podcasts. Uh, He and I were doing them Thursday evenings. So I'll have the full bevy of information that you and I have to try to convince him of everything he's doing that's wrong. And he will put that (laughs) podcast out on Friday. Um, but I'm starting, I'm already salivating at all the good ideas we're going to have and all the good decisions we're going to make in week one uh, of the NFL season. Before we get to week one, we do have to do our one final division. We're going to do that on Thursday. We're going to do the AFC West, uh, where you mentioned the Raiders. We've also got the Broncos. We've also got the Chiefs. We've also got the team I love the most in the NFL, the Chargers, and the team that everybody loves most in the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll do that on Thursday. For Simon Hunter, I am Chad Millman. This has been the favorites from the Volume Podcast Network. Download the podcast, add up the podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, love us. We need adulation. It feeds Simon's soul. Love you.